Taking good care of your health in your younger years can help lower your risk of developing dementia later in life, according to Yukon Health. Maintaining a healthy heart, regulating blood pressure, preventing diabetes, and avoiding cigarettes are all things you can do now to prevent or delay memory loss. This is Pulse Check. I'm Lauren Gardner. Beginning this week, Apple will stop selling some of its watches in the U.S. amid a patent dispute. The U.S. International Trade Commission ruled this fall that the company violated a medical device company's patents on technology measuring blood oxygen levels. Apple's decision comes ahead of the end of a review period before a ban could go into effect. The Biden administration has set long-awaited fees that hospitals and insurers must pay for government arbitration when they have a dispute over out-of-network charges. The rule stems from the 2021 No Surprises Act, which aims to protect patients from surprise medical bills when they are unwittingly treated by an out-of-network provider. And dramatic swings in abortion politics are still sending shockwaves across the country. To help make sense of the rapidly shifting landscape, Politico healthcare reporter Alice Miranda Olstein joins me to explain the most significant abortion policies implemented this year. Hey, Alice, thanks for being here. Good to talk, Lauren, at the end of this year. On to the topic at hand. Stepping back and looking at the big picture, what were the biggest developments on abortion in 2023? Yeah, so the landscape really continued to be all over the place. This did not get settled in 2022 after the fall of Roe versus Wade. It really took states a while to figure out what kind of laws around abortion they wanted to have. And that's still ongoing. There's going to be a bunch of votes next year, which we can get into later. But I think in terms of the healthcare impact, some things we really saw were a worsening landscape for maternal health care. And This is not solely related to abortion bans taking hold in a bunch of states, but it was certainly a factor. A lot of OBGYNs, family medicine specialists, and others said they were not comfortable practicing in a state where they could be charged with a felony for providing an abortion that they may have thought was medically necessary. And so you are seeing hospitals close their labor and delivery units. You are seeing just a real lack of maternal health care throughout pregnancy because often abortion providers are the same people providing those maternal care services. And so there was a, a really depressing report earlier this year about that. We're at a point where a third of all U.S. counties are now considered maternal care deserts. And so that's certainly something I'm going to be tracking going forward. I also think another big trend I saw this year is the medical community really becoming more politically active because of these abortion bans, which they sort of see as an intrusion into their work by the government. And they worry that if they allow this to stand, you know, what could come next? What other kinds of intrusions and restrictions could be put on them? You know, I went door knocking with doctors in Ohio ahead of their abortion rights referendum, which passed overwhelmingly. And so many of them had never, ever done any kind of political advocacy before. And as we know, medicine is a pretty small C conservative field. People don't really want to rock the boat and get political. And so this is a huge development that we're seeing. The Kate Cox case in Texas may have ended when she left the state to get an abortion. But what lingering impacts could that particular case have? 
Yeah, I think that case really shined a light on this notion that you can easily separate medically necessary abortions from so-called elective abortions. You know, almost every state with an abortion ban has, like Texas, some kind of language, some sort of exemption for life of the mother. Sometimes that goes further to health of the mother. The language varies from state to state. But you have doctors saying, look, this doesn't give us the confidence we need to act. These laws are written with not medical language. They say things like a major bodily function is impaired, then someone can qualify for an exemption. Well, what is a major bodily function and what is a serious risk? These aren't medical terms. These are sort of legal or political terms. And so I think we're going to continue to see that play out in a bunch of states. I'm curious if more states choose to revisit their exemptions. There was such a wide outcry to the Kate Cox case, and it really grabbed people because I think that it made these concepts that have been more theoretical really concrete. And to put a face to this really impacted people in a different way. You also obviously saw Democrats seizing on the case for political purposes to try to argue that if Republicans take back the White House next year and both chambers of Congress, you know, what we're seeing play out in Texas could play out nationally. Quick lightning round. What are you going to be tracking in 2024, both abortion and your other beat, Congress? When we first come back in January, the federal appropriations fight will be in full swing. Congress punted into January and February, and there are a lot of abortion provisions in the different spending bills that there are still big fights over that are not resolved. So we'll be tracking that. We'll be tracking Congress has still not reauthorized PEPFAR, the global HIV AIDS program, over a fight over abortion. That's been holding things up, continuing to stay on that story. And, you know, something you and I have worked on a lot together is how abortion medication, the future of it is up in the air. It's going to go back to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will be deciding whether the FDA made the right choices in how these pills are regulated. And depending on how they come down, this could really impact access to these pills all around the country, even in states where abortion is legally protected. And so I know you and I have tracked what folks in the pharmaceutical industry have said about that case. They're really worried it could have like a much broader broader chilling effect affecting other medications totally unrelated to abortion. And so that's going to be a huge one for sure. Thanks so much, Alice, for talking through all these issues. Thank you. Happy New Year. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Lauren Gardner. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. <laughs>